new beginnings. Amen. Before we start, let's pray and uh, ask God to speak to us tonight. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that speaks the word into our hearts. God, where would we be without you? Lord, where would we be without your word? Where would we be without your Holy Spirit speaking to us and and moving in our hearts? Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing in us, Lord. God, where would we be without you, Lord? God, we don't know. Lord, but it's only by your grace that we are where, where we're at today. And we pray that you would speak tonight, to us tonight. God, we pray that you would open up our hearts and allow us to receive your word because your word brings life. Your word brings, brings direction, Lord. Your word brings correction. We thank you for your word, God. Speak your word to us tonight. Lord, we thank you for everything that you are doing in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, if you've got a Bible, open up to Genesis 4. All right, I'm excited to uh, speak the word tonight. Um, you know, God kind of was sharing something with me, uh, just something that helped me and, and um, something that, you know, the Lord just uh, gave me, and, and, I, and I pray that this would affect you, and um, I pray that it would, it would help you as well. Uh, you know, the, the title of my sermon tonight that I wanted to speak on, it was kind of, I was thinking about it, I was uh, debating whether or not I should title this message like this, but I decided to do it just to uh, kind of to, to, um, to make a point. Um, and the title of the message is, The Devil Plays Dirty. I said, The Devil Plays Dirty. Um, you know, it's, I, I really don't want to give the devil uh, more credit than what he deserves. Um, and I definitely don't like having the name devil in the title of a, you know, Christian message. Um, you know, we, maybe we call it it, you know, the it plays dirty. I don't know. But, uh, you know, the devil plays dirty. And I'm, uh, it's kind of to prove a point um, about, about what the devil, how the devil works and how the devil works in our lives. You know, uh, we can't give the devil more credit than he deserves, right? We, we, can't, we can't say that, oh, it's the devil's fault. You know, everything's the devil's fault. No, that's, that's not true, honestly. There's, there's, a lot other, there's a lot of other things that, that, uh, that, play a, that play a role. You know, our flesh, you know, it's, it's like someone, you know, uh, nobody's going to go to hell because the devil made them go to hell, right? Nobody's going to end up in hell because the devil's like, ah, this person's going to hell, and, and they're going to, no, that, that doesn't happen like that. You know, our flesh is involved, we have the world that's affecting us, and, and people go, go to hell because they decided to go to hell, not because the devil made them, you know. Um, but at the same time, we have to, it says, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2.11, he said, he wrote to them so that Satan will not, will not outsmart them. It says, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. You know, uh, there's a lot of evil plans and evil schemes that the devil has against us. There's a lot of things that he has planned to stop us from serving God. And as soon as you decide to serve God, as soon as you decide to start praying or to start seeking God or, or to, to start reading the word and, and to do something for God, the devil is going to come and attack you because you become a threat to him. And that's what happens. And we have to kind of understand uh, how he works and how he does everything. Um, you know, it's, it's like Satan. You know, people are like, well, you know, I was, I was trying to serve God and, and the, de- the devil made me do this. And for the most part, it's not, it's not true. That's not really, the devil didn't really make him do anything. You know, uh, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but the devil can only be at one place at one time, right? God, God is, uh, he's omnipresent. God is everywhere at the same time you know he could be in india he could be in africa he could be in in africa 10 years ago and today here at the same time because god is not in time right he's out of time and and god is omnipresent he's all powerful he has all the powers in the world but the devil isn't like that he's he's got a little bit of power he's he's an angel he's not a god uh he's a fallen angel but at the same time he still uh he still influences people but, at the, but, you know, we, we, I just want to make it clear. You know, it's like pe- people say, well, you know, the devil made me do this. No, the devil doesn't make you turn on the TV. You know, it's like, oh, I, 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 I wanted to read the Bible, but I just couldn't help but 
turn on the TV, and the devil made me turn on the TV, so I watched TV for two hours instead of, you know, reading the Bible. No, the devil didn't make you do that. that that's, that's our flesh. But, you know, I want to be clear. At the same time, it, it's not all of his fault, but, but we have to understand what he's doing. Um, and, you know, uh, the, 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 I titled it, The Devil Plays Dirty. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys know anyone that, that plays dirty. Uh, and what, what I mean by that is, I don't know if the girls, maybe the girls don't know about this as much as the guys do. Uh, I think some of the girls do. But girls, if you don't know what, what, what I'm talking about, or you, can, you can, you know, kind of sit back and learn a little bit. Uh, so, you know, when the, guys, when the guys play sports, sometimes we, we, have, we have what we call dirty players. And these, these people, what they do is they do whatever it takes to win the game. Right, they'll cheat, you know. They'll uh, they'll slap your hand, you know. If you're playing basketball or something, they'll hit your hand right when you're about to shoot it. You know, you're playing soccer, they'll trip you, um, you know. They'll pinch you, they'll bite you, whatever it takes to to win the game. I, I don't know about you guys, I can't stand you know winning the game and cheating at the same time. It's like it just I would rather lose than not cheat and win. I don't know, but but you got people who who are called you know dirty players that they they do whatever it takes. But they want to win the game. They don't care if they cheat. You know, when the ref's not looking, they'll do something, and then, and then they'll pretend like it never happened. You know, they'll, they'll do whatever it takes to stop you. They'll, they'll shoot you. They'll, they'll push you. They'll trip you. Uh, when the ref's not looking, you know, and, and they just want to win the game. It's called like a dirty player. And, you know, the devil, uh, he plays dirty. Uh, look at Genesis chapter 4 and verse 3 through 7. This is a story about Cain and Abel. And it says in verse 3, I'm reading from the New King James Version. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So we have the story of Cain and Abel, you know, first two brothers on earth. And, and Cain, it says that he, he brought fruit of the ground to the Lord. So I'm guessing that means fruit, vegetables, stuff that, grow, that grows out of the ground. Uh, and Abel, he, you know, tended sheep and took care of sheep, goats, uh, cows, whatever. And, you know, even back then they had this offering they brought an offering to the lord i think even then they understood that you got to bring something to god and so here comes time and 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 you know to bring whatever they had the harvest you know the 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 the, uh, the animals that are born and they come to bring them to the lord and you know abel he probably had it says that he brought the firstborn i think andre didn't you mention something about this uh at the at the retreat right is it yeah, the, he, he brought the first, uh, how, how it says, the, the best. Yeah, the, he brought the best. And, uh, and yeah, that's what he did. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he had maybe the firstborn sheep, you know, and, 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 he, and he loved it. He took care of it, and it was, it was his, you know. And, and, and he, 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 maybe he, you know, had a nickname for it, or he, he really loved it as, as like as a brother or something. And, and God tells him, you know what, I want you to bring this one to, to me. I want you to bring it as an offering to me. And, and, you know, maybe he didn't want to at first, but he said, you know what, God, you gave this to me in the beginning, so I'm going to bring this as an offering to you. And so he does that. And, you know, Cain, he, he had, you know, I don't know, uh, whatever grows from the ground, watermelon, tomatoes, um, whatever, pumpkins, what, what else, zucchini, some, uh, what, what else grows in the ground? Squash, potato, I don't know about potatoes. Uh, squash, yeah, m- maybe potatoes, some squash. Uh, what, what else? Some strawberries, oh, some strawberries. And, and, you know, he probably had all this good food, and, and he's like, you know what, I got some rotten tomatoes that I'm never going to eat. I'm never going to give this to anybody. None of my guests are going to eat this. You know what, I'm just going to give this to God. And, and you know, maybe, maybe he had the thought, you know, maybe I should give him something good. But he's like, ah, forget it. You know, I want to eat. Those strawberries look so good right now. I'm going to eat them. So I'm just going to bring God this, this rotten tomato. And, and, God, and it says that God did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now look at verse number 6. It says, So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, 
and his desire is for you, but you should rule over it. So here we see the first time sin is mentioned in the Bible. It talks about how sin is lying at the door, right? And its desire is for you. You know, when, when, you, when you think about how it describes sin, this is how God describes sin. And he says, it's lying at the door, it's waiting, and its desire is for you. You know, I, I kind of, when, when I read this, I think about like a lion. You know, when he's, when he's you guys ever seen those, uh, like there's some on Discovery or Animal Planet where you got the lion that's, you know, crouching in the grass and, and, and he, you know, he's, he's looking at the, at the gazelles or whatever, the deer, and, and he's, he spots one. He sees, this is the weakest one. I'm going to go get it. And he's waiting and he's kind of crouching. You, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? And, or like a tiger or something. And, and, and it's crouching there and it's waiting. And it's wait, waiting to pounce. And this is kind of how I see sin described in, this, in, in, in verse 7. It's, it's, it's laying at the door and it's waiting for you to make a move. It's waiting for you to make a wrong move. It's waiting for you to come out of the house and then it's going to attack you. This, this is how I see sin. And, and then this, this is why I say the devil, he plays dirty. Because, because sin, it's not, it's not like, you know, it's not like a vending machine. Where a vending machine, you go and put quarters into the machine, right? You push a button and, you know, a Snickers falls out. That's, that, that, that's not sin. Sin is like a salesman that bugs you and keeps calling you and goes to your house. That's what sin. Sin is not waiting for you. It, sin is not, uh, it's not waiting for you to come to him, right? It's coming to you. It's not, it's not, um, it's not like you got to go, you know, before, some people they think, uh, you know, if, if I go here and, you know, if I want to go sin, I got to go to some nightclub. I got to go find some bad people. I got to go, go find some bad friends, you know, go smoke with them or, or go, go to some nightclub and, and, and go sin over there. And that, that's, that, that, that's how they sin. No, sin comes to you. Sin doesn't wait for you to come to it. It attacks you. It's, it's on the attack. It plays dirty. It doesn't, it doesn't wait. It, it, it's, it's waiting for you. It's waiting for you to make one wrong move. And, and God said, God says, if you do well, then won't you be accepted? But if you do not do well, that means if you make a wrong move, if you do something wrong, sin is laying at the door. It's waiting for you. It's waiting to attack you. It's waiting to come to you. And that's what, that's what sin is. That's why, that's, why, that's why I'm saying that. It, 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 sin, it plays dirty. It, the devil plays dirty. He is not... He is not looking for you to go and start doing something bad. No, he's waiting for you to get complacent. He's waiting for you to make one wrong move. And we're going to look at the story right now of, uh, of Adam and Eve and uh, the story of how they fell. If you look one chapter back, it's in verse 3. Uh, we're going to read verse 3, 1 through 10. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the, tree of, of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it. And she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So here we see the devil. This is the first time we see Satan in the, in the word of God. And we kind of, we get, a, we get a glimpse of how Satan is working, what he's doing right here. So in verse 1, it says, the, say, the serpent was more cunning than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, hold on. It says you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Did God say that? Did God, did God tell Adam, and Eve, Adam this? No, he didn't. 
Look at verse 16 in chapter 2. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So did God say you can't eat of every tree of the garden? He didn't say that. He said you can eat of every tree except for one. But saying what he does, he comes to Eve and he says, Did God really say you can't eat of any tree? You can't eat any tree? Really? Did God say that? And this is, this is how the devil attacks. This first thing that he does is he comes to you and he tries to, uh, he tries to question. He, he wants you to question what God told you. He, want, he wants you to question what God has said. He wants to take the word of God and pervert it, right? He wants to take what God said and twist it and make it mean something that it never meant. That's, that's his first plan. His first plan is to get you to doubt what God said. He wants you to doubt what the word of God says. He wants you to doubt that, that God, you know, he'll start off and say, did God really say that? Why would God say that? Why would God tell you not to eat of, the, of any of the tree of the garden? Why would he say that? And you see, this, this is why we got to know the truth. This is why it's so important that we know the truth. And, and Eve, what did Eve say? She said, and look, look, look at verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree, which is the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. So Eve, she answered correctly. She knew the truth, and she was, she was able to answer the devil. She said, no, that's not what God said. God said this. And so what happens is the devil, he'll, he, wants to, he wants you to question every word that God says. And he'll start, he'll start putting doubt into your mind. He'll say, does God really exist? Is this really true, what you're doing? Are you really doing the right thing? Maybe, maybe what God said isn't true at all. And, and so he wants to bring doubt into your mind. He wants to, he comes and he lies because he, it says in the Bible that uh, Jesus said about the, about the devil, he said that uh, he's consistent with his character for he's the father of lies. He's, he's a liar. He, he always lies. That's what he does. He, he lies everywhere he goes. He lies. That's what, he, that's what he's good at. And, and he, he and the saying here, he, he starts to lie. And Eve, she knew the truth. She was able to answer. She said, no, this is what God said. So, okay, that didn't work. Let's see what his next step is. Look at verse 4. He says, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. So you see that right away. He says, okay, she knows the truth. But he says, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of its in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So he said, okay, she knows the truth. Let me, and he changes his tactic a little bit. He starts to question the authority of God's word. He starts to question uh, if what God said was true or not, if it's right or not. He says, okay, yeah, God said that, but what if God's wrong? What if what God says isn't the truth at all? What if it's, what if it's wrong? How do you know? And he says, no, well, God, God says, God said this, but no, you're wrong. God, you will not die. And, and he, starts to, he starts to make her doubt, or he, he starts to, uh, to, to take the authority of God and, and to, and to uh, diminish the authority of God and to diminish his word. And, and so she, she, uh, she starts to think about, okay, maybe, maybe what, what God says, maybe it's not right. And, you know, that, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants us to question. He wants us to, to compromise a little bit. He says, okay, you know what? You know the truth. You know what's right and what's not. But is that necessary? Do you really have to do that? Do you really? Okay, you got the standard that God set. Do you really have to live like that? Do you really have to live by this standard? Why don't you compromise a little bit? Yeah, you have the truth. God told you to do this and this. But why don't you compromise a little bit? Maybe it's a little too intense. Maybe what you have, maybe it's not true. Don't you think that, don't you think that, you're, that you can enjoy life a little bit more? Don't you think that what God said, it's too much? I mean, look, you got all these trees, but look at this one. This one looks the best. This one is the best tree. Out of all these trees in the garden, don't, don't worry about all these. This is the one that you got to eat of, all right? You, you're missing out on life because you're not eating the fruit of this tree in the garden. And that's what the devil does. He starts to, he starts to think, he, he starts to tell you, you know what? You're, you're missing out on life. You don't have every, look, look around. Look what other people are doing. Look what other Christians are doing. 
Why don't you enjoy life a little bit? Why don't you compromise on your word? Why do you got to be so stiff? Why, why, why you got to do, why you got to uh, be so, uh, so, so why do you got to hold up such standards? Why don't you relax a little bit and enjoy life? Why don't you eat of this tree? Look at this. This looks a little bit better than the other ones, don't you think? And so Eve what she should have said was, you know, get away from me, Satan. This is, this is God, what, God, what God said is true. Uh, I'm not doubting it. I'm going to stand on the word. I'm not going to compromise. And did she say that? No, she didn't. We all know the story, what, what happened. And verse 6, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. And so what happened? The devil played with her desires. See, the devil can't do anything if we're dead to our flesh, right? That's why it says in the Word of God, that's why Paul said, I die daily. That's why, that's why we have to die to ourselves. That's why it says, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. Because, you know, you get, if you've got a dead person, it doesn't matter what you do to him. You can poke him with a stick. You can shoot him. You can, you can do whatever you want. Nothing's going to affect him, right? Because he's dead. And, and when you have desires, see, Satan, all he can do is he can play with your desires. All he can do is work on the desires that you have right now. And that's why we've got to become a new creation and ask God to change our desires. And, and so he starts to, to play with her desires. And, you know, in, uh, you don't have to open up to this scripture, but in, uh, you could write it down as a reference. It says in 1 John Two uh, verses fifteen through seventeen. Do not love the world nor or the things uh, in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all the for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. And so we have three things that it talks about. It talks about the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Three different areas that Satan attacked Eve in. Uh, if you look, look at verse 6, it says, The woman saw that the tree was good for food. What's that? That's the lust of the flesh. She, she saw that it was pleasant to the eyes, the lust of the eyes, and it, the tree was desirable to make one wise, the pride of life. Three things. And, and the first thing is, is the lust of the flesh. And... This is the one that the devil attacks us in the most, and this is, this is the one that, that he first attacks us in, is the lust of the flesh. What is the lust of the flesh? It, it, is, it is, I want it right now. I need this right now. Uh, the lust of the flesh is, is I don't care what, what, what I need to do. I need to have this. This is what I desire. This is what I want. This is, this is what I need in my life right now. And so I don't care what happens. I want this, and, and I don't care about the consequences. You know, that's what, that's what happens in, you know, when we were reading Proverbs. Solomon, he was talking about, uh, he, was, he was the wisest man that ever lived. And he said, don't go near the door of her house, the, the adulteress. And, and, and he said, because if you go there, that's your, that's your doom right there. If you go there, you're, you're done. That's your destruction. Don't go near the door of her house. Why? Because, because lust, the, the lust of the flesh, this is where uh, our flesh takes over. And, and it clouds our vision. We don't see straight. And, you know, right now there's so much, there's so much, uh, there's so much sin, especially sexual sin. In you know, why, do, why are there so many, uh, so many men right now are addicted to pornography? Why is there such a problem with sexual sin in, in you know, in schools? And even even in the church, even in the in, in the Christian in the in, in, in churches, why is that? Why why is because it's because of the lust of the flesh, and this is what devil plays on the most because he knows that that once he can get you started, it it's something that that just takes over, and you can't and 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 you can't really you you don't see the outcome, you don't see uh, the problems that you're going to have, you don't see the the consequences, right? You don't see the 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 uh, the bad outcome. You don't see the future. You just see the now. You know, this is what happens when the lust of the flesh, it takes over. And, and you see what, what, you, what you say, you know, like Samson said, he said, uh, get, uh, he, he's talking about Delilah. He's like, give her to me. I want her. You know, it's just the, the lust of the flesh. It, it just, it takes over. And, and you can't, you, you, you don't even think about the future. You don't think about anything else. All you're thinking about is, is what, what I want right now. This, this is what was desirable. What, what, what is good for me right now? And, you know, we're talking about it um, 
me, uh, me and, and David uh, Agapa, we were talking about it at, at the retreat. Uh, we were talking about how when we were reading in Genesis 6, it talks about how the, the people used to live, you know, for 900 years. And, um, and the, 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 it says in the Bible that uh, everything that people thought was evil. Every single thought was evil. Everything, that, everything was bad. Everything was, was just wrong what they did. And it says that it grieved God that he created man. And why? What, what happened? And, and we were talking about how when a person lives for that long, you know, the, 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 the flesh, it, see, it, it's something that progresses. It just gets worse and worse and worse. It starts off kind of small. It starts off uh, almost innocent. It starts off just, just, just a little bit, but it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows and it, grows, and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And when a person is alive for 900 years, that's a lot of, of sin, right? And it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. You know, today people live for, what, 100 years, and, and, and it's bad enough. But can you imagine 900 years, and that's just, it's just that sin progresses, and it, it doesn't stop. You know, thank God we have, you know, deliverance. We have the Word of God. We have the Spirit of God that kind of, that, that helps us. But, but back then, they didn't have none of that. And, and it, just, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. So God, God's like, I can't take this anymore. My, he said, my spirit, I will not put up with this. And he had to flood the world because, because of this. Because why? Because sin, it, the, the lust of the flesh, it, it continues. It gets worse. And it progresses. And it grows. And it gets worse and worse. And, you know, there's no such thing as, as hiding it or suppressing it. Because, because the devil, he'll, want, he, he'll start you off with something small. But he'll want to bring you, uh, he'll want to make it worse and until until you don't you don't even recognize what you're doing because because it's not you anymore and that's what that's what the the plan of the enemy he attacks with, he attacks on 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 the on the lust of our flesh what what is the second thing it says uh, that she saw that it was pleasant to the eyes it's the lust of the eyes right uh, is is I it looks good I want it I, I I you know our eyes is so important what we see is is so important how did what did Jesus say about the eyes he said that it's the uh, it's it's the it's the windows to to our souls and and you know if people they they begin to look at things what what they want they they begin to desire something they they see it is that I want it you know uh, even even something like looking at movies it's like. I want to look, I want to watch this movie. I just want to see it. I want to be in, entertained by this movie. And, you know, you see it and say, I want it. I want what I see. And, and it's, this, it's the lust of the eyes. Uh, and then the third, the third thing, it says that uh, she, the, tr- the tree was desirable to make one wise. Because Satan said, you know, if you, if you take it, you're going to be like God. You're going to know both good and evil. And so, and so she said, oh, really? And, and, and it's, it's that she wanted to be wise. She said it, it was desirable to make a person wise. And she's probably thinking, man, I'm going to be as wise as God. I'm going to be just like God. I, I'm going to have so much wisdom. And, and this isn't godly wisdom. This is, this is a pride. This is a pride thing. This is, this is I, want, I want it to make me better. I want it to make me a better person. I want it to, you know, to, to, to become better than everyone else around me. I want to be, you know, all of us have kind of this, this desire to, to, to be someone important, right? We all have this kind of desire to, uh, to be unique, right? No, no, nobody wants to be average. Nobody wants to be normal. Nobody wants to be just, you know, just some average Joe that does nothing. And, and you know, no, nobody wants to be like that, right? We, always, we all want to be someone, you know, someone special, you could say, someone unique. And that's a good thing. God made every single one of us unique. And he put something unique in us. But there's this, there's the, 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 this sin. It's, it's called the pride of life. It's when you say, I want to be better than everybody else around me. You know, I want something that nobody else has. I want to have this car, you know, some, some I don't know, BMW M5. You know, I, I, want, I want to look good. I want, I want, you know, when I drive by, I want everyone to, everyone's heads to just turn as I drive by so they could see how, how I'm driving, how good I look. You know, or, or I want to have the nicest clothes, you know. I, I can't just wear normal jeans. No, they got to be true religion jeans so that people notice, you know, me when, 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 when you know, when I walk by, people, people notice me. People, people see who I am. They see how important I am, you know. So I have the, the, the job that everyone just, everyone just wishes they were me, you know. And, and, and uh, you know, it's just, this, this is called the, the, the pride of life. You know, some, sometimes we think, yeah, I want to be a good, you know, I want to be successful and I want this and that. And it's all good until it becomes the pride of life, right? 
It's all good to, it's, it's good to dress nice. It's good to have, you know, it's good to, to, uh, to be unique. It's good to be your own person. But it's bad when you're trying to, uh, when you're trying to stand out, when you try to be better than everybody else. It, 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 becomes a, it becomes sin. That's what it is. It becomes a, I'm trying to stand out, you know, have, have some kind of, you know, a haircut that's, that's, you know, three feet tall so, so people can notice you. People can see, you know what, I'm, I'm better. I'm better than everyone else. I'm, I'm better, you know. I got something that no one else has. You know, and, and what's that? That's the pride of life. And Eve, she saw this, she saw this apple and she said, you know what, this apple, this is going to make me as wise as God. Everyone's going to, you know, all the angels, God, he's going to be like, wow, you're so smart. And, and she wanted to, to have something. And, and this, this is how the devil, he plays with these desires inside of us. He plays with, with these things that are, uh, that are kind of, uh, that are, you know, these things that, you know what, unless, unless we die to our flesh, it, these things are going to grow and grow and grow and it's going to get worse. And, you know, what, what happened? What is Satan's goal? I mean, what, he only said four verses, four, four, four verses in the Bible, a couple sentences. That's all he did. He didn't really do much, right? He didn't have a whole conversation with Eve. He didn't have some kind of, uh, some kind of a debate. You know, it wasn't like an essay where, where he carefully planned it out. He just said a couple things. But what, what, did, what was his goal? What was his purpose? He wanted to bring shame uh, to Adam and Eve. He wanted to bring them, he wanted to separate them from God. That was his goal. That, that's what sin wants to do. It wants to separate us from God. And Satan, that was his goal. He wanted, to, he wanted to separate, he wants to separate us from God. He wants to bring shame into our life. Look what happened later. Verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. And they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And this is what, this is what Satan wants to do. This is his goal. He wants to bring shame into our life to the point where we don't seek God anymore. He bring, he, his goal is to bring shame, bring condemnation, make us feel that we don't, like we don't deserve God, make us feel that we don't deserve what God has to offer us. And you know what? Honestly, we don't deserve what God, what God, uh, what God gave us, right? We don't deserve anything. Everything that we have, is, the Bible says it's a gift from God. Every good thing comes from above. And uh, everything that we have, we have because God gave it to us. We don't deserve anything either way. But, but this, is, this is talking about, like, you're not worthy uh, to be with God at all. Like, like you're just, it, what the devil wants to do is bring shame. He wants to bring uh, defeat into our lives. He wants, to, he wants to make us feel defeated and make us feel hopeless. He wants to make us feel like, like, like we have no chance. We got no shot at, at living the right life. He wants to make us feel like we have no chance of overcoming. Even though Jesus paid, paid the price, right? His blood is strong enough. He is, uh, his blood washed away every single sin. Jesus, Jesus paid it all, but he wants to make us feel like we have nothing, like we're, we, have, we, we don't even have a shot. He wants to make us feel hopeless, like we can't defeat sin, no matter what we do, we can't defeat it. We're, you know, we're some special case. Like, like everyone else can do it, but we can't because, because we, because something, you know, we're we're just different, and and I'm different than everyone else, and I don't have a shot. And and that, that's what that's what his goal is. That's what that's what that's how he attacks us. He wants to make us feel that we like like we have no hope. Like there's a battle, and you don't have a shot at winning. Don't even try. Because if you try, uh, I'm just going to laugh at your face. I'm going to laugh in your face, and you, ha- you will not have any victory. And that's what, that's what he brings. He brings his condemnation. He brings, he's, it says he's the accuser uh, of the people. He accuses people for, uh, for their sins. He accuses them. He, he brings condemnation. He points it out. And he says, you know what? You don't have a shot. And Adam and Eve that's what they did, right? They, they sold fig leaves. They tried to make it right. They, they tried to cover themselves up, but they knew that something was, was wrong, and so they hid themselves from God's presence. And that's what, uh, that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to make us hide from God. He wants to make us get away from God and feel like we have no shot at, at being close to God because, because we messed up big time. But you know what? This is what God says. 
verse 9. He says, the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? He said, where are you? And so God, we see, even though, we met, even though they messed up, God is still calling out to them. God was still wanting to have that relationship. God still wants that relationship with every single person. And you know what? Adam and Eve didn't have something that we have today. Adam and Eve, they, they, were, uh, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't do anything about their situation, right? They really, they couldn't do anything. But today we have something that they didn't have. Today we have the blood of Jesus. Today we have uh, the cross of Jesus Christ. And I, I, wanna, I wanted you to turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 4. It says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and a sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And this is how we overcome the sin. This is how we have victory. This is how we can have victory. Even though Satan is, is attacking us, even though he plays dirty, he, he, wants, he, he, he doesn't play by the rules, right? He doesn't, he doesn't play fair. But, uh, but here we see that we have hope. We see that there's something because it says that how it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. All right, how do we do that? That's that's awesome. How do we do that? The next verse, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. And you know, when we keep our eyes on Jesus, that's when we can have victory. You see, Adam and Eve, they couldn't keep their eyes on Jesus, right? They couldn't, they couldn't do it. They, Jesus hadn't died yet. He, he, he wasn't the lamb that was slain. Uh, he wasn't the one that, that took the, all their sins, and, and they couldn't do it. They, they did what they could, and, and that's it. But it wasn't enough. You know what? If, if I were to tell you, hey, listen, uh, you know what? I'm sorry. You know, you got sin, uh, and you know what? Just deal with it. Try to do whatever you can. Good luck. Uh, try to live a good life, and, uh, you know, good luck with that. Uh, and what is that going to do? Nothing, right? If we don't have Jesus, if we, if we don't have someone, because it says that Jesus is, is, is the author and the finisher of our faith. That means he started our, 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 uh, our walk with God. He's the one that authored it. He's the one, he's the one that's writing our book, right? He's the one that, that, that started your relationship with God. And without him, you wouldn't have a relationship with God. He started it all. He, he wrote down. He's writing the book. And, and it says he's the finisher. That means he perfects your faith. He brings it into maturity. He, he helps you along the way. He gives you strength. He gives you, uh, he gives you boldness. He gives you courage. He gives you the right, the right word. Uh, he, he, he speaks to you when you need to hear something. Jesus is the one that we're, that we're supposed to be keeping our eyes on. He's the one that we're supposed to look at. You know, Satan, he said, he, he said here, he, he, he showed them, he said, look, here's the sin. Here's the, here's the fruit. Eat of the fruit. You know, he tried to make them, uh, he, he, he looked, he, he wanted them to look at the fruit. He wanted them to look at, 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 at something that, that he presented them. But, but we now, we have a chance to take our, to keep our eyes on Jesus because because when we keep our eyes on Jesus we we can have see we can have victory because Satan his main goal is to distract us his main goal is to keep our eyes off of Jesus because you know when Peter when he was walking he was walking on the water and when he was looking at Jesus he was able to make he, he was walking on water but as soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus as soon as he as, he, as soon as he started looking at the waves, he started looking at the water, what happened? He started drowning. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to take our gaze. And he, he says, you know what? Look at this. Look at this thing. Look at this thing right here. I want to show you something. Look at this. Look how great this is. And 
see, his plan is to take our eyes off of Jesus. His plan is, is, to, is for us to be distracted by something else. His plan is, is, to, is to look at, at our life, to look at situations, to look at, to look at this person, to look at, to, to look at this situation, to, to look at, uh, you know, what you, what you desire, to look at your goals, look at your vision. Uh, that, that's his plan. His plan is for you to take your eyes and focus him on something else. But you know what? We have this assurance. We have this guarantee. As long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can make it. Because there, there, there's a song It was written about 100 years ago. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full into his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It says, when you keep, it says turn your eyes upon Jesus then the earth will grow strangely dim. Everything around you will seem to not matter when you got your eyes on Jesus. Everything else will seem to just disappear. Everything else will just, you won't even really care about anything else because you got your eyes on Jesus. And see, this is where we have no excuse because, you know, you can't say, uh, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of in this position. I, 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 can't, I can't have victory in my life. I don't know, I don't really know why. I think I'm just some special case. For me, it's harder than for everybody else. No, we don't have that excuse because it says in the Bible, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we'll make it. It says later, um, it says that, uh, uh, that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. When we become weary, when we, when we start to lose the fight, when we start to lose the fight against sin, is because we took our eyes off of Jesus. And it says that Jesus, uh, the joy that, that was set before him, he endured the cross. See, Jesus, he saw what was going to happen. He saw the future, right? Remember when he was in Gethsemane, when he was praying, and, and, uh, and it, was, it was difficult for him, and he said, Father, take this cup away from me. He said, he said I can't do this. It's too hard for me. And, and, and he said, no, God, but your will be done. You, you know why? I, I think part of the reason that Jesus was able to make this decision Part of the reason that he was able to do this was because he saw us. He saw, and, and yeah, he's the son of God. And yeah, it was, it was said that, you know, before the world was formed, uh, Jesus was the lamb that was slain already before God made Adam and Eve. He already decided, that was plan A, that Jesus was going to die on the cross. But I believe that Jesus, he saw us, right? He saw us today. He saw every single Christian that was going to have a chance to, to accept him and, and, to, and to become a friend of God. He saw every single one of us and he said, you know what? I am gonna, I'm going to endure the cross. I'm going to endure the shame. It says he despised the shame. He didn't care what was going to happen. And he said he endured the cross because, because he saw us, because he saw that he was going to have his, you know, the children of God have a chance if he will go on the cross. And he saw that unless he goes on the cross, unless he dies, we will have no chance you know, he saw that none of us are going to make it. He saw that we have no chance, like Adam and Eve, we have no chance to make it. We have no chance whatsoever unless he goes on the cross, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, without any sin, unless he dies and, and, is, and takes upon himself all the sin, unless he does that, we will have no chance. We will have no shot. We will not go to heaven. We will not uh, make it to God. We will not become friends of God. And he saw that and he said, you know what? I'm going to go on the cross because unless I do that, they will, they will die in their sin. And because he did that, uh, you know, it says that when we look on him, it says for verse three, consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Consider him. Look at, you know, it says, think about what Jesus had to go through. Think about what, what Jesus, what, what the price was. Think about what he did. Think about the fact that he made it. And, and we have a chance to make it because he made it. We have a chance to not only, to, to not only go to heaven, but we have a chance to, to get rid of our sinful nature. We have a chance to, to, uh, to, to have victory over sin. We have a chance to have victory over, over, over the devil. We have a chance to have victory over Satan. And, and he said, because, because I'm going to do this, they will make it. Because I'm going to go through this, they're going to make it. And, you know, it's not just about self-righteousness or, 
or trying to trying to be good, and, and that's that's part of it, you know. But but uh, Demo was talking about this on on Sunday. He was preaching. He's talking about self righteousness. You know, when we when we try to say, you know what, I, I'm I'm gonna try to be a good person, and what what if I told you, you know, just try to be a good good person, and and you can make it. No, you can't make it, and we none of us can make it like that. It's not about you know struggling with sin, fight against sin, victory over sin. It's not about being the most disciplined person. It's not about, you know, how much you can pray a day. Or it's, it's not about what you can do, um, uh, what, what, what kind of, uh, how disciplined can you be? What kind of things can you, can you take out of your life? It's not about that. It's about surrender. It's about, it's about absolute surrender. That's what Jesus is looking for. Uh, he's not looking for us to become the best person that we could possibly be. He's looking for us to surrender our will to him, to take our eyes off of our life, to take our eyes off of this person, take our, to take our eyes off of our desires, to take our eyes off of our plans or our goals and, to, and put our eyes upon Jesus. That's what, that's what really, that's, what, that's where we receive our strength from. That's where, we receive, that's where we receive our strength over sin from is Jesus because it says, Dima quoted this scripture today, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Right? I could do all things. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And you know what? You, you, you might think, you know, I, I, do, I don't have a shot. I, I, I feel, you know, this, that's, sadly, that's most of the, most of the church, most of the, most of the youth. And it's not that we're not saved. It's not that we're, uh, yeah, we might make it to heaven. But I'm talking about victory over sin. I'm talking about having victory over the things in your life that, 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 that you just can't seem to have victory over. And you know what, there, there's a difference. You know, we all, we're all going to struggle with sin. We're all going to struggle and, and, and have, a, have a fight against, against the sin in this world, you know, against our flesh. We're always, it's a constant battle. But I'm talking about, you know, when, when you feel like you have no chance, when you feel like, like you can't grow in God, you feel like you're stuck. And every single time, you know, you come to youth, uh, you, you feel like it's, you, you just have no shot. And, and you're like, God, I don't know where you are. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know, what's, I don't know how I can have victory. It seems like I, I do this every week. I, it seems like I, I just can't, I can't help it, even though I try. But, but the devil's laughing at me. And, and I can't seem to find the victory that God called me to have in his word. And you know what? There is victory. Thank God there is deliverance. There is, uh, there is freedom from all these things. And I'm not saying that once you get, uh, once you get it, you know, you're going to be perfect. No, we're always going to struggle. But there is that, that part where you take your eyes off of everything else and you place your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of, of your faith. Does that mean, does that mean that, uh, that, you know what, you, you might not do what everyone else does. Yes, that, that's what it means. And you know what, does that mean that once you do that, that uh, you will never have any problems? No, you're always going to have to uh, constantly battle with, with keeping your relationship with God. You're always going to have to pray. You're always going to have to continue in prayer and reading the Word. And that's how you grow and that's how you, that's how you, uh, that's how you continue in this. Because you know what? A lot of people, what they do is they say, Jesus, I'm going, to look, I'm going to look unto you, and they never pray, and they never read your Bible. That's our part of it, right? That's, that's what we got to do. If Jesus didn't pray, he wouldn't have made it through Gethsemane, right? If Jesus didn't pray, he wouldn't have made it through the cross. He wouldn't have made it to the cross. He would have given up. And, and that's why it's important for us to, to, to continue, you know, to continue in, in, in you know, reading the Word and, uh, and, and praying. But I'm talking about a, a victory over the sin, a victory, you know, of dying to, to those things that you just can't seem to have victory over, of receiving just that, that, finished, that, uh, that finished work on the cross, receiving that in our lives. And you know what? It is an awesome thing to live, and it is awesome to live like that. It's awesome to, to have that first love. You know, that first love, it's, it's, not, it's, not a, um, it's not like a labor. It's not a hard labor. It becomes something sweet. It becomes, it becomes a joy. You know, we're talking about yesterday in, in, my, in my G12, we're talking about, uh, you know, the joy of a Christian. And God called every single one of us to experience that joy, to experience the joy in prayer and in, in reading the word. There's a joy to it. There, there's a sweetness to it. But there's also brokenness, right? There's, there's, there's a joy to it. There's, there's an awesome uh, experience. But there's also 
brokenness at the cross where, where you got to die to yourself. And, but that's that point where you, where you go over and it becomes something sweet. It becomes something that, that you long for God. You, you, you enjoy the presence. You enjoy spending time in the presence of God. You enjoy seeking God. You enjoy having uh, more of God in your life. You know, Adam and Eve, they enjoyed the presence of God. They enjoyed it until that point came of sin and it stopped. And you know what? But God is still saying, where are you? God is still saying, where are you? You know, God is still saying to every single one of us, he's saying, where are you? He's, he's, I believe he's asking that question today. Where are you? Where, you know what? I remember, remember a long time ago, you know, I would, maybe not that long ago, but I would, I would always come to youth and I'd be like, God, is there still a chance for me? Is, can, is there still, uh, do you still have some mercy left for me? Is there, can I, can I still be right with you? Even though I messed up so many times, I messed up, I, I blew it, I messed up, I, I, I didn't make it. And, and I remember just that, that realization that, you know what, God still accepts me. God still is asking where, God still wants that relationship with, with God still wanted that relationship. And, and it's like, it's almost hard to believe that God can still take me back after so many things that I've done. God can still accept me back. But there's, there's a danger, you know, when we, when we uh, it says if you trample the blood of Jesus, if you take it for granted, there's no more offering. There's no more offering that, is, that, is, uh, that can cover that sin. Uh, but when we come earnestly before God and we say, God, you know, I, I, I want to look unto you. I want to be right. God, is there, God, can you still, can I still be made right with you? You know, God says yes. He, he accepts every single one of us, and that's awesome. And you know what? I, I believe that God wants to, uh, you know what? There, there's that point of, of stepping over that, that, that flesh, that, that sin, that, 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 that struggle that we have and dying and being broken at the cross. And that's where God wants us. That's God wants us in that position. And that's where the joy of the, of the Holy Spirit comes. That's where, that's where the presence of God is. And, and that's where we have life in us. Amen? And, and I believe God wants every single one of us to, to live that life. Every single one of us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter. You might, you might think, man, it's too difficult. I can't do it. Everyone else can. I can't do it. No, you can. Because, because through Jesus, we can. And I wanted us to pray like that tonight. So let's stand up. Just in the presence of God, let's just stand up and we're going to begin just to seek God. We're going to begin just to, just to cry out to Him.